back in everyone to a fabulous new episode of whisper in the wings from stage whisper i am so excited about our show today because one we're heading back to my stomping grounds of salt lake city and pioneer theater company but two the production that we are welcoming on today is absolutely phenomenal getting huge rave reviews Audiences are loving it, and I am so excited to learn more about the piece. And joining us to talk to us about that, we have the actress Gina Milo, who plays the role of Blanche Barrow in Pioneer Theatre Company's presentation of Bonnie and Clyde the Musical. It's playing now through March 9th at Pioneer Memorial Theatre, and you can get your tickets and more information by visiting pioneertheatre.org. This is just such a wonderful theater, a wonderful show. I can't wait to talk more about it. And so let's go ahead and welcome on our guest, Gina Milo. Welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I am so excited to have you here. I, I want to just dive right into this because this is a musical that's been on my radar for a long, long time. I've heard many of people sing numbers from it. I've seen the clips, of course. And I've been dying to see this. So can we start by having you tell us a little bit about what Bonnie and Clyde the Musical is about? Well, the really amazing thing about a show like this is that these are actual people. It's not like we are telling a story that didn't exist. These are actual human beings. Blanche Barrow, who I play, actually is the only survivor of the of this gang. And the other three people die in the shootings and it's actual facts. These are, this is human beings who lived a beautiful, crazy, very difficult life and getting to flesh it out on stage is just, it feels like a bit of a responsibility because you want to honor these stories, but also it's really an honor to tell it. That is so fantastic. And I love that you mentioned that these are real people. I mean, it's such a storied event, you know, the legend of Bonnie and Clyde and everything they did. It's insane. And I think a lot of people forget that it was real, that this yeah. really happened. This wasn't just some creation. It no, it's not characters in a movie that you saw or that your parents saw in the 70s. These are actual people that lived and, you know, their crimes were really born out of desperation. I mean, it was the time of the Depression there wasn't food, there weren't jobs, life was really, really difficult. And it's kind of this particular take that Jerry Mac, our, Jerry McIntyre, our brilliant director has taken is so poignant because it's so now, kind of how the media created these monsters right as a society we love to worship adore and then rip them down and that is exactly what happened to bonnie and clyde they were just surviving clyde was put in prison because he was stealing because just like les mis you know he stole a loaf of bread because people are surviving right bad times people bad people who are desperate do desperate things and so when he goes to prison, what happens to that boy, that young boy, you forget that these were like 21, 22 year old boys and girls and what he suffered. I mean, you think about it when there's a fork in the road and you don't have love and support, are you going to choose light or dark? These are yeah. not 
for people in a circumstance. And I play Blanche, who's married to Clyde's brother. And she's a bit of a holy roller, mainly because, you know, everyone is clinging to what they can. For Blanche, she's clinging to her faith. She is hoping and praying that if she just believes hard enough, they will get by. And she sees Clyde choosing this dark path, and she's just trying to save her husband from following the destruction that's about to ensue. She knows this is a bad path, but love, the love that she feels for her husband, the passion that they have in, in their marriage, it, it's, it goes beyond rationality. Like she can't, she has to follow him. That's how much she loves him. Oh, I love it. Love it. I would love to know, how did you come upon this piece? I love Frank Wildhorn's music. I mean, who doesn't? He writes for singers. And it's just, uh, when you hear those songs, they're just, they get stuck in your head. They're just so beautiful. And the voices. I've always loved Bonnie and Clyde, the music. But I had never actually seen it. And so when I got the audition to play Blanche and I started reading her story, I had no idea the journey I was about to embark on. She has a very intense roller coaster ride of of feelings. I am making you laugh and then I'm hopefully making you cry. And I do a lot of screaming in this show. And the let's just say the feelings are very high stakes. <laughs> That's super. Well, I kind of want to build on that and ask, what has it been like developing this particular production of Bonnie and Clyde the Musical? It has been truly special. And I know that everyone says that about every production because we all drink the Kool-Aid of whatever show we're doing, right? But what I love about what Jerry McIntyre did with this piece is he didn't just throw up what had been done before, which, you know, in the carpool of not quiet, a lot of regional productions will just do that. They just do what's worked before. He actually dug in to the opposition of every single scene, every single song. I believe in the Broadway production, they sat, she sat in her chair for the entire ballad of what you call a dream. And Jerry really challenged me and forced it to almost be more of a fight song. It's not a ballad. This is a, we want different things song. And in the end, it's actually pretty soul crushing because she realizes they don't want the same things. And she's losing her husband. And it's a completely different song than what you would think. And even in some of the scenes, like we, <laughs> Jerry's very big phrase is no air. And so we have a lot of overlapping fights where there's just, we're just screaming at each other because that's what married couples do, right? You, you're listening, but you're not. It's really about your agenda, right? You know, I know we've been there and it's been really cool to have a perception of what you think the scene or the song is going to be and then have your director totally flip it on its ear and make you find something so much more 
delicious and salty and sweet and complex. These are complex human beings that actually lived and we're just fleshing it out, you know? Yes. Wow, that sounds incredible. And it actually makes her a good lead into my next question, which is, what is the message or thought you hope that audiences take away from your show? That's a really great question, because there's just, I have like eight answers to that, and I'll try and simplify it to one. Articulation is not my strong suit. <laughs> but I would say the biggest takeaway I would hope for people is that there are no villains. We're all human beings in a situation, in a circumstance. And if you were in their shoes, I wonder if you would choose different. I wonder. And how the media, as great and as wonderful as it is, it can be equally destructive. The media made these people famous. And then that was like a drug for them. And it gave them all the validation that they needed. So, of course, they're going to keep going, especially with their history. So I hope that when people come, that maybe it gives you compassion, especially today. Like we have people in prison today that are probably being seriously abused. And when they come out, how can they choose light over dark when they've been through what they've been through? and you feel hopeless and worthless. So bottom line, I guess, is to create more compassion. That is beautiful. So well put. I, chef's kiss, chef's kiss. <laughs> well, my well, final question for this first part is, who do you hope have access to the show? Well, I'm gonna tell you something. We had a student matinee yesterday. And when I tell you, it filled my heart beyond overflowing to hear those kids screaming. I mean, Bonnie and Clyde, they're they are so talented. Our our actor, our actors are outstanding. But to hear that wall of screams of the of joy of of pain when when my husband walks out on me to hear the collective oh, like people sighed and oh like they were living it with me and I got to live it with them it was such a connection between us that's the magic of theater right and so I mean definitely the kids the kids the kids in the community but also those that particularly like we have a person of color playing Bonnie. And I think about how important it is to see yourself represented. I hope that many people of color come to see our show and realize that this dream is not just for the Caucasian people, the well-to-do people. This is for all people. And I just pray that when they see that, that it, it gives them hope. I know even for myself as a kid, when I saw people who looked like me or sounded like me, what that filled in me.
part of our interviews, we like to change lanes a little and let our audiences get to know our guests a little bit more on a personal level. And I want to start by asking you our regular first question, which is what or who inspires you? What playwrights, composers, or shows have inspired you in the past or are just some of your favorites? Wow. I mean, I have a lot of favorites, so it's hard for me to narrow that down. But I will definitely say that in I went to a performing arts high school. So I was very exposed to a lot of different types of composers early on. And of course, I mean, as obvious as rain, Sondheim made a huge impact on what would shape my taste. And I absolutely loved this most recent company and Into the Woods. I took my daughter and getting to see her kind of learn life lessons through theater was amazing. I almost cursed. And uh, Merrily We Roll Along hit me so much different. It hit so different now that I'm an adult. And so, of course, Sondheim will always be the king of my heart. Sunday in the Park with George will always be one of my favorites. But I also love a big show like Guys and Dolls. I'm dying to do Adelaide someday. That's like a dream role. Little Shop, of course, I've done Audrey seven times. I just did it in January again for my seventh. And I never get sick of that show. It is a perfectly written piece. It's flawless to me, flawless. And I'm super excited about what they're about to do with that off Broadway. I think that's going to be so phenomenal. So yeah, I mean, those are some of my favorites. I would, my, one of my dreams would be to be like the mom and dear Evan Hansen someday. I'd love to be Heidi. I have, you know, I love Sarah Bareilles, a waitress. I mean, I, I'm I'm endlessly inspired by our community and by the composers because I think it's a form of therapy. Like when you hear these songs and they speak to your soul and you go, I feel that. I mean, that's why we love music so much. It's like you feel seen, you feel validated in what you're going through it's or even like for example my daughter with into the woods starting to understand contentment versus always chasing you know just simple things like that i think theater is a teacher i think composers and writers are truly therapists for the world because we can't feel our own feelings that's why we go to therapy, you know? That's why we like to go to the movies, like why we like to go to theater because it gives us the permission to feel. It gives us something to ask ourselves, make us think, create compassion for other stories that we can't relate to. It's just, to me, theater is beyond, it's truly my, I call it my mistress because I have my husband and my daughter who are my heart and then my mistress is theater and I have to have all I can't I can't choose it's got to be all absolutely I, for me it's almost religion you know but those were wonderful suggestions I love those inspirations some great great show titles and names and I kind of want to snowball that into Asking you, you know, I know you're in Salt Lake right now and you've been elsewhere, but have you seen any great theater lately you might be able to recommend to our listeners? 
Ooh, oh, you know, as, as a mom, I don't get to see too much. But when I was in Florida, I did see that one show, Pictures from Home, but it just closed. So I can't recommend that one. Me and my daughter loved Six. Obviously, it's doing quite well, so it doesn't really need our help. <laughs> we did see Back to the Future. That was super fun with the car and especially with my husband's 80s love. I love those shows, though. You've gotten to see some great theater. I love those suggestions. Wonderful. Well, let me ask you, what is your favorite part about working in the theater? The people, the people, the people. I love our community so much. Every time I do a show, I always joke that, like, my husband collects Star Wars toys and I collect humans. I just think theater people are truly divine. I always end up grabbing at least two to three people that I keep for life. And I love telling stories that move people, even if it's like to think or to feel or to laugh. There's, there's nothing better than knowing that you're sharing this moment in time between you and the audience that that'll never happen again. You'll never see that show with those people ever again. That's it. That one day you got that special moment. Magic. That is a fabulous answer. I cannot relate more. That is incredible. Well put. And now we have arrived at my favorite question to ask guests, which is what is your favorite theater memory? <laughs> I'm laughing because I have to say when I found out I was pregnant during Xanadu because I thought I was crazy we were in tech and I was like laughing and crying for no reason and I was like I'm dying I'm dying something's wrong with me I'm dying and everyone was telling me to take a pregnancy test and I had been trying for like a year but like not really because I'd been working and I was like no I'm not gonna buy a stupid $20 pregnancy test to find out I'm not pregnant and finally I had to because I was like this is crazy I'm I'm bonkers and sure enough for opening night I found out on roller skates that I was indeed pregnant and so my daughter's name is Olivia after the great Olivia Newton-John and it's still one of my favorite shows because of a the music, but also because I have such a special connection to it now. That is such a great memory. I love that. Oh, thank you for sharing that. That, oh, my heart is full. That was amazing. The cutest part too was that I, my husband couldn't know that I was pregnant because he was on the road in a very bad rainstorm and he, he didn't have service. So the whole cast knew and my husband didn't. And I just said, call me as soon as you can. And he looked up and he saw a rainbow and he screamed at God and he said, God, if this isn't because she's pregnant, I'm going to punch you. Oh, what a wonderful, that, that's just a great story. That's amazing. I love that. Right. It was so, it was just so special. Forever and ever will be one of my favorite moments ever. But wait, I have a rivaling one. Yes, yes, please. The fact that I went to an open call, I booked Les Mis on Broadway, I got to do Eponine for my 
50 family and friends. My dad was there. My grandparents were there. And I didn't get to have them for much longer. So even as I say it now, like I can feel like the gratitude tears in my throat because they didn't, my dad didn't make my wedding day, but that was my wedding day. What a bittersweet memory, but that's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing those. Those were wonderful. Well, do you have any other projects or productions coming on the pipeline that we might be able to plug for you? I do, but I'm not, they're not, the ink hasn't dried on the contracts yet, but I think I'm doing Pippin at the Vanguard Theater in Maplewood, uh, not Maplewood, uh, Montclair, Montclair, New Jersey. I love it. It's such a great town and it's a new theater, very new. And what they're doing is really, really special for their community. And I'm also doing, I don't know where it's happening yet, but this is official. I'm doing this show called The Pinup Girls. And I've been doing it for a few years. It sounds sexier than it is. It's really about war vets, three girls and one boy. And Carrie Butler is going to be directing. Oh, wow. Talk about a full, full circle moment with Xanadu. I mean, that's amazing. That sounds incredible and exciting. And like, we definitely need to to keep tabs on you to find out what's going on, which leads to my final question. And that's if our listeners want more information about Bonnie and Clyde the musical or about you, maybe they'd like to reach out to you. How can they do so? Well, you could find me on Instagram. I'm Gina D. Milo. Don't ask me why the D in college. That was my nickname from my ballet teacher, Gina D. Milo. I also have a website. You can reach me through there, ginamilo.com. Wonderful. (laughs) Well, Gina, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today and sharing this incredible work you're in. And all the amazing insight you shared. This has been so much fun. I wish we could just keep talking and swapping stories. This has been amazing. But I just congratulations on all the success, especially with Bonnie and Clyde. This is amazing. So thank you for your grateful to be here and really loved meeting you. Hopefully we'll meet again in the city. Yes, absolutely. You never know. My guest today has been the performer playing the role of Blanche Barrow. Gina Milo. She's currently in Pioneer Theater Company's presentation of Bonnie and Clyde the Musical, which is playing now through March 9th at Pioneer Memorial Theater. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting pioneertheater.org. We also have some contact information for our lovely guests, which we'll be posting on our social media post, as well as on our episode description. But if you are in the Salt Lake City area or you need a vacation, Salt Lake is great this time of year. Get yourself over to Pioneer Theater. Check out this amazing show. Say hi to Gina. It's Bonnie and Clyde, the musical, playing now through March 9th. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off those cell phones, unwrap those candies, and keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. And be sure to check out our website for all things Stage Whisper and theater. 
you'll be able to find merchandise, tours, tickets, and more. Simply visit stagewhisperpod.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you. Broadway, Paris, where I don't care.